The MLB Draft Lottery took place on Tuesday night, and the Cardinals, despite having the fifth best chance at getting the number one overall pick, end up falling outside of the top five, and you will not believe who ended up getting the top two picks. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor. Born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on YouTube if you want the visual aspect of this show. We got it for you. Like, subscribe, comment, interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted because this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Um, been a long day, boys and girls. Been a long day. Um, I, I got called in to uh, do some anchor work this morning at 4 a.m. This was after being out for Monday Night Football the previous night. And then we had cleaning services come over today to uh, clean up the condo. And like, I have no sleep. I'm, I'm like on two hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, something like that. So, and then we had to wait for this draft lottery to take place tonight before I wanted to put out tonight's episode. And here we are. And um, I got a nice cold beverage next to me and uh, I'm ready to power through this. If you are MLB draft lottery took place tonight. Uh, I don't know if you watched it or not, but the Cardinals did not have the odds in their favor this evening. They end up getting the seventh overall pick in this year's amateur draft and uh, in a stunning upset, much to the chagrin of um, myself and to the pleasure of my wife and all of the Cincinnati Reds fans out there. Uh, the Reds got the second overall pick and then the Guardians got the first overall pick. So both teams in Ohio end up landing number one and number two. Not exactly what we were hoping for after a 91 loss season for the Cardinals. And it stings even more to see the Reds jump all the way up to that number two pick after they just had an 82-win season. And then I got to live with a woman who was a diehard Reds fan. Diehard Reds fan. And I got to hear about it. It's annoying. It sucks. It's rough. But that's the way lotteries go. Personally, here's what I wish they had done tonight. Okay, in case you didn't watch it, uh, they had, first off, it was what Brad Paisley was up there turning the cards over. I don't know what was going on there, but I'm sure there's a reason behind it, but I wish they would go back to where we could see the ping pong balls, you know, the old machine, good old days, those old school lotteries. I, I want to see the results actually happen in front of me. I'm sure there's reasons why I know that, um, the technology these days is much better than that, but, um, I just want to see that there's no tomfoolery going on. That, that's that's just for me. And again, I'm sure there was a good reason why country singer Brad Paisley was doing it. Probably a sponsor thing. What are they, Nationwide? He's the guy he's with. And nothing against him. I mean, I, I don't have anything against Brad Paisley. But can we not get someone actually, like, affiliated with the game of baseball to do something like that? Just a thought. Maybe he does have a connection. I don't know. All I know is that I'm used to seeing him with Peyton Manning. That's what I'm used to. Those are the commercials I'm used to seeing. 
And, um, you know, I didn't look into Brad Paisley's knowledge on baseball or who he likes, who he roots. I have no idea. I don't care. But from what I know, he is synonymous with Peyton Manning during football season, during commercials with Peyton Manning. So not America's pastime. Didn't understand that one. I'd rather see a Hall of Famer or a, a Roberto Clemente award winner or something. Just something that has to do with baseball turning over the names of the teams. But that's just me being a cranky pants right now because I'm upset, man. The Cardinals fall to number seven in the draft. They were terrible this year, which meant that they were supposed to get one of the top five picks and they fall to number seven, man. Jason Ma was the representative for the Cardinals at the lottery and Clearly, he did not bring the good luck that we'd hoped he would. Uh, he even admitted to being a little bit nervous when he when he went up there. Uh, said we were on stage and a couple of us were talking as they were flipping picks over. And I told Howard Johnson and Clint Hurdle, I'm a little nervous. Seventh is what it is, he said. Uh, we were slated for fifth, but that's why they do it that way. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. I wasn't lucky enough today, but it was a good time to take part in it. Uh, I'm glad Jason had a good time. We love Jason Mott. We think he's a great guy. Just wish the Cardinals had a little more luck on their side this time around. They went into this lottery with an 8.3% chance at garnering the top overall pick. The Reds had a 0.9% chance to get the top pick, and they get number two overall. It's just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. So what does that mean? <laughs> All right, I'll quit growling. So what does that mean for the Cardinals and who they can select at number seven? All right, will there be any good players left by the time they get to number seven? Of course there will be. There, there are These are great questions, and uh, I have yet to dive into the prospect pool. That's not really my forte. I leave that up to other people to give me the information on what the college and high school prospects uh, are all about. Um, so I'm not going to speculate on who they might take at number seven, because I would literally just be throwing names up in the air. I have no idea. I really don't at this point. I haven't done much research into them, so I don't want to do that. What I can tell you though, is I can go back into the history of the MLB draft and go look at some of the guys who have been taken with the seventh overall pick over the years. And, uh, there are some names in there that might make you feel a little bit better about the Cardinals unlucky draw. Now, as far as the Cardinals go, they have had the number seven overall pick twice. 1966, they took high school outfielder LaRon Lee. The big name taken in that draft that year was uh, Mr. October Reggie Jackson, who got taken number two overall. Uh, as far as Lee goes, he spent three years with the Cardinals, eight years overall in the major leagues, career 250 hitter, 31 home runs, 152 RBIs, OPS plus of 95. Most of that damage, though, was done in uh, his time in San Diego. The Cardinals had traded him along with Fred Norman to the Padres in 1971 for Al Santorini. It's a great name, by the way. Sounds like a gangster. Uh, then in 1984, they took pitcher Mike Dunn at number seven overall as well. Uh, notables taken after him at number eight, shortstop Jay Bell, who had a, a very nice career, mostly with uh, the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. Uh, Mark McGuire. Goes number 10 to Oakland that year. Greg Maddox, second round to the Cubbies. Tom Glavin, second round to the Braves. Uh, Al Leiter, Ken Caminetti, reliever Greg Myers, John Wetland, Dante Bichette. Uh, a few future Cardinals were taken in this draft. Jeff Brantley, Chuck Finley, Jamie Moyer, Jeff Facero. So uh, some, some pretty decent names after the Cardinals took Mike Dunn. Uh, Dunn is more famous 
as far as his time with the Cardinals for being traded away. He got, he was involved in that trade with, uh, and it's one that stung, man. Dunn, Andy Van Slyke, and uh, Mike Spanky Lavalier. Remember him? They go to the Pirates for catcher Tony Pena back in 1987. Tony Pena was, was a very good catcher, but you see what Andy Van Slyke turned out to be, and you're like, hmm. Didn't work out quite the way they wanted to. Uh, Dunn ended up having a, a couple of good season in Pittsburgh. 13-6, uh, and 3.03 ERA for them in 87. Finished second in the NL Rookie of the Year. Voting to Padres catcher Benito Santiago, who, by the way, Benito Santiago story, I got a foul ball off of the bat of Benito Santiago when he was a, a Marlin at one point. Was sitting first row at Bush Stadium on the third base side, hit a ground ball boom, right to me on uh, on my birthday, actually. So that was pretty cool. Couldn't get him to sign it, though. We, we waited after uh, the game was over to see if he would, you know, come out of the visitors uh, area. And uh, he never signed anything. So that sucked. But um, the Cardinals, Joe McGrain that year, finished third in the uh, NL Rookie of the Year voting. But injuries took their toll on Dunn's career. He was out of the league after just five years. So um, the Cardinals are certainly hoping to do better <laughs> at number seven this time around. I mentioned that a number of big names have gone seventh overall to other teams. Recently, it's been Andrew Benatendi went to the right Red Sox in uh, 2015. Aaron Nola, a guy the Cardinals were trying to get this year to the Phillies in 2014. Max Fried went to the Padres in 2012. Matt Harvey to the Mets in 2010. Clayton Kershaw, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, 2012. Or, uh, sorry, 20, uh, 2006 goes to the Dodgers, seventh overall. Troy Tulowitzki to the Rockies in 2005 at number seven. Prince Fielder to the Brewers in 2002. Frank Thomas to the White Sox in 1989, a couple of MVPs on his shelf. So there's definitely a chance to land some top in talent at number seven overall. I just wish they could have gotten in the top five because it just give a, it just gives you a better chance of getting a superstar. Uh, in the past three years, the number seven uh, pick has been all pitchers. The Royals took Frank Mazzicato. In 2021, can't say I'm familiar with these guys. Uh, the Cubs took Kate Horton in 2022, and then the Reds took Rhett Lauder last year. Uh, Cardinals assistant GM and director of scouting, Randy Flores, told MLB.com's John Denton that selecting that early is something that we hope will never happen again. First and foremost, it's a strange feeling to be picking that high, and we continue to have that standard where it is a strange feeling. That being said, it is an opportunity for us Let's just hope they can actually make the best of it, right? And uh, for the most part, recently, the draft picks have been pretty good, at least so far. So uh, we'll trust. We trust in Randy Flores to uh, do something special at number seven. But we've got plenty of months leading up to the June amateur draft. So uh, a lot of time between now and then to go over prospects and whatnot. So we'll get to it at some point. Uh, John Mosellock and Ali Marmol have each spoken with the press over the last couple of days at the winter meetings in Nashville. So we'll discuss what they had to say about Yadier Molina joining the club. We finally got some uh, concrete news on that and why it appears that Tyler O'Neill is the odd man out in the outfield in 2024. All of that coming up on Locked on Cardinals. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for tough situations, tough life situations, not sports, life. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, guys. You are. 
Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis or Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics, and this is to treat a long list of a lot of stuff, okay? Bacterial illnesses, uh, UTIs, which I'm just learning about a little more as a married man, uh, learning more about those. My dog actually just dealt with one, like just had one the other day. Uh, respiratory infections, uh, skin infections, whole lot of stuff. And this stuff could happen to any of us at any time, and you want to be prepared for it. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and then your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost, which is always nice, especially around the holidays. we got to save as much money as we can. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the offer code locked on, get $20 off your order. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And again, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Leave your comments down below on uh, YouTube, uh, as well as blowing me up on Twitter X. We're getting a lot of uh, back and forth on Twitter X. Winter meetings, instantaneous reactions to stuff. Uh, things are a little bit quicker on there than they are on YouTube. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to drop the, the latest information as I can, which is one of the reasons why I'm putting this out a little bit later, because things keep moving right now during the winter meeting. So, um, but your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. So uh, don't be shy. Let's start with what I can only assume, what, 99.9% .9 of the audience deems is good news. Yadier Molina coming back to the Cardinals in 2024. It has uh, finally been confirmed. We had back and forth stories about it not happening, how it was happening. I didn't go with any of them yet. I waited until we heard from Mo. And finally, we got word. Uh, John Moselock confirmed that Yachty will be a part of the club in some capacity this next season. Molina's role has not been finalized, but we do know that he will not be with the club on a daily basis because of his need to be with family in Puerto Rico. We also heard that it won't be just a catcher-specific role, that they want him involved with the entire team. They want him helping everybody. They just want as much Yachty as they can get. And you know, I love Yachty. And some Yachty is better than no Yachty at all, in my opinion. Do I wish it was a full-time thing? For sure. For sure, I do. But as I've mentioned before, it's just kind of an odd situation with Ali Marmel in his final year. They're trying to fix all the crap that went wrong last year. And as optimistic as we are about everything, you know, getting back to normal as far as what happens with the Cardinals, which is winning baseball most of the time, we don't know for certain if it's all going to work. We don't know yet. We're, we're just piecing things together right now. And if someone was going to take over things after Ollie's contract is either expired, which it will at the end of the season, or if he gets let go, if things really go bad, Yachty still makes the most sense, despite his lack of major league coaching time, to become the next manager. They've, they've done it with their last three managers, where they were like, 
Hey, you don't have any major league experience as a manager? No problem. Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny, they pulled off a little league field and made him the manager. Uh, Mike Schilt, he was in their minor league. So was Ollie. So they did have managerial experience, but not at the major league level. So I don't see why Yachty wouldn't be the next name on the list if they were going to make a change. But if they do succeed this year, that puts them in a little bit of a pickle because Ali would have earned a new deal. And if they allow Yachty to leave to manage somewhere else, like the fan base is going to go bonkers, like lose their minds. But I know that's me thinking way, 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 way ahead down the road right now. So we don't have to worry about it just yet. Just we'll be happy that we're getting some Yachty uh, at some point this year. He will be a part of the team. And uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the Cardinals are seeking to trade outfielders for bullpen help. Mo mentioned the back end of the pen plus another piece. If they can't make that trade, they'll go into free agency to find their relievers. Not shocking in the slightest. We've discussed this scenario for months now. Uh, Mo has said on a couple of occasions that his vision of the outfield right now, if you were to put it out there on the field today, it would be Lars Newbar in left field, Tommy Edmond in center, and Jordan Walker in right field with Dylan Carlson as the fourth outfielder, which – Puts two-time Gold Glove winner Tyler O'Neill on the outside looking in. And we touched on this a, a little bit in yesterday's episode. Um, the quote from Mo was, getting him every day at bats is going to be really difficult given the way our outfield, we predict, will line up. So when you're looking at exploring the trade market and when you think about what's best for everybody in the end, it probably makes sense if we're going to do something. Now, my question is, uh, what teams are out there believe that Tyler O'Neill is worth trading something for in his final year before free agency? That That's the real question. Can you flip him for a solid bullpen piece, which we know the Cardinals are trying to acquire? You know, um, easier said than done. We've seen here in St. Louis, Tyler O'Neill have some pretty cool moments, and we know the potential of a Tyler O'Neill. But if you're looking at things from a different point of view, which is the other teams, what's so great about Tyler O'Neill? You know, we got the news from Katie Wu today that John Mosellock indicated today that adding relief pitching via free agency is more likely. The likelihood is probably more of a free agent strategy, but we're not closing the door on potential trades, which to me says that they're not getting much action on a potential Tyler O'Neill trade at this point. And if you're an opposing team, why would you trade anything good for him? I mean, he's got injuries, perhaps an attitude problem. Just speculating there. There's been no confirmation that Tyler O'Neill has an attitude problem. No one has ever come out and said that specifically. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So you can see why whatever market there is for him is kind of slow at the moment. Plus, you still haven't seen any at least hardly any movement. There's been a little bit, but hardly any movement in free agency yet. So teams still are trying to sign guys to play outfield. And when that pool is thinned out, that's when Mo picks up the phones and starts dialing up these teams and like, Hey, I got a dude with a couple of gold gloves here, 30, 40 home run potential. He runs like the wind coming into a, a prove it year for his next deal. Let's have a beer. Let's chit chat. Shall we? Although I don't know. Do you think, you think John Mosellac drinks beer? Do you think John Mosellac drinks? Scotch, scotchy, scotch, scotch. Um, again, nobody is or has, I should say, pointed the finger at Tyler O'Neill. 
or called him out by name that he is one of these guys that in the clubhouse may have had a bad attitude. Nobody has come out and said that. But you remember Ali had that quote at the end of the year where it was like, we have to weed out some guys. Um, and then recently, Cardinals closer Ryan Helsley was doing an interview with Foul Territory TV. And when they were asking him about issues with the team last year, uh, he mentioned how some guys had some of their worst seasons in their careers, which didn't help. Uh, he mentioned that that was hard on everybody, the players, the coaches, and the front office. Like everybody didn't know what to do about that. Um, but he also said that maybe some guys had some bad attitudes and that it was just kind of a weird vibe all year that, uh, you know, they'd win a couple and think they were digging themselves out of this hole and then they lose four in a row and they just could never get back. They were just treading water the whole time. But the some bad attitudes uh, for some guys, that was the quote that caught my attention. Because when you try to connect the dots, and uh, a lot of people think that perhaps O'Neal was one of those guys. Again, no one has said that he is. I don't want to get that misconstrued that somebody has said Tyler O'Neal was a problem in this clubhouse. Nobody has said that. Okay? Nobody. This is us playing the, uh, you know, the Sherlock Holmes card here. Just looking at the way things went down last year. The way chemistry was. Between Ali and Tyler after that play at home play, like it just everybody seemed a little off, right? And this isn't a witch hunt. I'm not blaming any single person or group of persons for the collective collapse of the whole team last year. But if you ask fans who they think these guys are that may have had the bad attitudes that's been mentioned a couple times now, many of them will probably say Tyler O'Neill and Jack Flaherty. Those are the names that I get more times than not. But what I can say with 100% certainty is that they are actively trying to change the culture in this clubhouse for 2024 and doing it in a drastic way with the signings of Lance Lynn, uh, Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson. They're bringing back Daniel Descalso, a winner, uh, bringing back Yadier Molina. And there will likely be other additions. They, they said that they're not done yet. They're trying to find more people to bring in and just turn this sucker around. and. Other than the issues on the field, which we're all aware of because of the stats and the number, we, we know we know how bad things were on the field. But uh, the issues off the field are getting addressed and rather quickly. So Mo, Ali, the front office, they've all realized well, there was a problem going on in there, and they got to change it up. So you've got to respect that. And I think I think fans have taken notice. I really do, and uh, I think they appreciate it. I know I appreciate it. I know that part of a winning team is who the guys are in the clubhouse together how they mesh how they roll together as one and when you saw the Sonny gray uh introductory press conference and you saw the way he spoke and you heard the things he was saying about a team and how they're gonna have to do oh music to our ears right that's the kind of guys we want around and i'm glad that they're grabbing them and bringing them all in it's uh it's exciting i like it uh coming up the cardinal search for relievers continues plus the latest from around the league, including a trade between the Yankees and the Red Sox that just went down a little bit ago. We'll talk about it next on Locked on Cardinals. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league 
You're going to go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's what you're going to do next, right? Right? All right. Let's talk more Cardinals. We all believe that the Cardinals are actively trying to make some trades using their supply of outfielders like Tyler O'Neill to get some bullpen talent through the door. Uh, according to Derek Gould at stltoday.com, though, the Cardinals met with agents today, Tuesday, discussing their reliever clients. They're weighing those options versus potential trades and currently see setup free agents as the more likely route to go for two additions to the bullpen. John Denton, MLB.com, reports that John Mozilla said the club doesn't necessarily have to trade a salary before adding another salary via a free agent signing or a trade. Uh, he also admitted, let me get you a picture of Mo up there. There he is. Very thirsty in that photo. He's got double waters, double barrel waters. Uh, anyway, uh, he admitted the Cardinals have been in talks with many agents of relievers the past two days and characterized the talks as productive. Now, when we talked to Katie Wu last week, when she joined the show, she believes uh, said that she believes that the Cardinals are looking for two pieces as well. One splash move and one safe move. She seemed to like my idea of David Robertson, who is a, a free agent, going to be 39 years old, uh, but just didn't know what the market was for him yet. Thought maybe uh, they would try to sign guys who are better than a, a one-year deal. Uh, she mentioned that. Um, to no surprise, she felt like the guys like Josh Hader and Craig Kimbrell going to be too pricey for the Cardinals, which... I know you guys think it's no big deal. Like, just go buy these guys. It's a big deal. All right. <laughs> it is to spend that kind of money on these guys. So um, she also wasn't sure about the international market just yet because we were all, and we still are as of this moment, waiting on uh, Yamamoto and Otani signings to set the market for a lot of guys. But personally, I've always felt that even if the Cardinals didn't get Yamamoto, which was going to be a long shot at best anyway, that they are going to land at least one player from the international market. That's just what I believe in. I believe that they have done too much scouting and too much work. They've done their diligence, and I just feel like it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Yuki Matsui is a guy that we've talked about. We've heard him link with the Cardinals already, left-handed closer. And then uh, Derek Gould also confirmed that the Cardinals have discussed another reliever and I hope I don't screw this up, but uh, by the name of Wu Suck Go. Does he say it? Suck? S-U-K? Is it Wu Suk Go, maybe? Either way, I don't want to screw up his name any more than I already have, but uh, he's 25 years old, which we know we like. Posted a 1.48 ERA and racked up 42 saves for the LG Twins in 2022. Struck out 80 batters, issued just 21 walks in 60 and two-thirds innings. Beautiful stuff, right? Had a bit of a down year in 2023, not something alarmingly bad, but his ERA went up to 3.68. The whip went up from 0.96 to 1.36, so you want to keep your eye on that. Uh, but he allowed only two home runs in 44 innings. It's somebody who's not going to cost like Hader or Kimbrell is going to cost, but you might get similar production out of him. It's something that could happen. Uh, when you mix and match and you're looking at lefty-righty type of things, perhaps Matsui or Go would be that splashy move that Katie mentioned in, in our interview to pair with Housley at the back end of this bullpen. And then you get somebody like a, you know, a Phil Maton as the safe guy who the more I watch, you know, footage of, and the more I look at the stats and things he's done, 
I love it. I love that kind of a move. It's a very cardinal move. He'd be kind of like your your Chris Stratton kind of guy in, in the bullpen. Uh, Matt Suey is a left-hander. Uh, Maton, the righty. So that's a little fit right there, right? Or you could sign Go as your righty and Matt Moore as your lefty. I, I like what Matt Moore offers. You could go with two righties if that's what you want to do. But you need someone else with closer experience back there in case Hell's Bells goes down again. Because... The odds are it's going to happen, just the way his career has been. Um, plus, you've got those limitations where, you know, he can't always go in back-to-back days. He can't always go two innings or something like that. You know, you're, you're trying to keep him as healthy as possible because you don't want to miss out on him for six weeks because you made him throw one extra inning. You know, you, you don't want to do that. And you can call him names. You can call him fragile and whatever you want to say. But you got to admit when Helsley's out there, He's pretty darn good. And if you want to keep him as healthy as possible, you'd abide by those limitations, which means you got to get another guy who can close the door in the ninth inning. And it's not going to be Giovanni Gallegos. So they got to find somebody else to do it. Uh, We also had a trade late on this Tuesday night between two big-time rivals, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yankees reportedly acquiring outfielder Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox for three right-handed pitchers, Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judice, uh, Jim Bowden, or Bowden, he always says Bowden, it's Bowden, Bowden. Jim Bowden tweeted to uh, not be surprised at following this move. The Yankees use Alex Verdugo in a package to go get Juan Soto from the Padres. Because that's still going on. We're still waiting on uh, a trade for Juan Soto. I haven't heard his name linked to anybody except the Yankees. It seems like they're the only ones talking about it. Uh, Shohei Otani sweepstakes. That continues. Uh, we've been hearing a lot of Dodgers and Blue Jays over the last couple of days. Apparently, Shohei has met with both teams. Would be wild to me if he ended up in Canada over Los Angeles. And I know Toronto's a great city. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he already lives in L.A. To pick up and move and go to the Blue Jays when the Dodgers are right there, it'd be Wild to me if he made that decision, but I, I guess it could happen. I'm sticking with the Dodgers as my choice, but some of these guys are starting to hype up the Blue Jays as like serious contenders to get Shohei Otani. Um, but everyone seems to be on the same page as far as we're all waiting around for the Shohei news to drop. And when it does drop, then things can start get cook is to start get cooking with uh, you know the the Cody Bellingers of the world. And if a Juan Soto deal goes down, that would get the trade market. Uh, moving a little bit quicker, and perhaps then we see the Cardinals make uh, a few more moves. But uh, for now, it looks like they're in a holding pattern, and it doesn't appear that there's going to be any splashy moves. Not saying it's completely out the window, but the more and more I'm reading into the tea leaves here, I don't think they're going to be making a deal for a guy like a Dylan Cease or a Tyler Glass now anymore. I I think their focus is going to be on getting rid of some of the depth in the outfield and getting as much bullpen help as they can. Doesn't mean that they won't still work on a deal like that, but the more and more I get into it, the more I'm like, eh, probably not going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You have a, uh, If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. I am going to uh, chug this bad boy, old school, and uh, hit the hay. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
uh, Locked on Cardinals. Have a good one.